Movie Mashup with myself, Michael. Xavier. And in this podcast, we'll be discussing a, a multitude of things uh, about movies that we would like to be seen uh, made, as well as uh, some movies that uh, uh, should have been made. Right. They could seem far-fetched, over-the-tops, uh, a moose-bouche of creative ideas, but hey... It's our podcast, so we can do whatever we want. <laughs> That's true. So the, the first one that uh, I, I wanted to, the topic that I wanted to bring to mind was horror movies that have decided to take comedic actors. Uh, and you see movies like uh, Matthew McConaughey and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But what if you take somebody like Will Ferrell and then create him into the legendary... Leatherface. What, what, what happens there? Uh, you could even have, uh, you know, other cast members from other movies uh, come and join him into this uh, horror genre. I'm pretty sure Will Ferrell in a horror movie is that last Sherlock Holmes movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that got kicked out of movie theaters like within two or three weeks. <laughs> Which is very funny because they're so... Him and John C. Riley are so good together. Oh, I mean, they've been money. But since, they, since they're going ahead and they're allowing them to do stuff like Sherlock Holmes, why not do Texas Chainsaw Massacre? You know, Mr. Riley, Mr. Farrell. Uh, you got Farrell as Leatherface, Riley as his brother. And then you, you, know, let, I, the, you let the fun begin. I feel, what was the, what was a really, was it Rob Zombies? It was, uh... The Devil's Rejects. I could see Will Ferrell and him doing a, a Devil's a Devil's Reject like remake, and then they cast what's her name, the wife from Talladega Nights. Okay, I could see that. <laughs> I, I I could see that, and then they go around killing people. First of all, John C. Riley looks like he murdered somebody. I mean. Yeah, especially if you put him in that little clown face. He I he, he looks like he might murder somebody. So that that's already there. Will Ferrell's a honeypot. You think it's the girl that's going to entice the people, but it's Will No, Ferrell. no, it's Will, Will Ferrell. Ferrell's the bait. <laughs> he he overall uses his uh his charisma in um theatrics and uh comedy to uh bring people in so that John C. Riley can murder them. <laughs> It's like, uh, what's it called? Um, it's like uh, From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino and, and George Clooney. But how good would it be to go through a whole movie, kind of like uh, Tropic Thunder, uh, and go through a whole movie not revealing who is Leatherface, and at the end, when you see Leatherface without the mask, it's Will Ferrell. Right. But in order to do that, he would have to like, not speak at all. Like just yeah, like yeah, the entire movie. Say, but Leatherface doesn't speak, so he can just grunt. I, I understand, but do you, like, I feel like an Academy Award would have to be given to, for the director, who casts Will Ferrell in a movie and then does not have him speak the entire movie. Or even put his name on the credits. Because, like, the man ad-libs, like, what, 90% of his script, so to just not talk at all... It it would basically be the guy that gave us the pleasure of having Vin Diesel as Groot and just <laughs> having him say, I am Groot. Groot? Like, Vin Diesel low-key, like, he is hilarious. I mean, the fact that the man capitalizes on just saying 
I am Groot. Like three words in different – like literally, if you really take the technology behind it, all he ever had to do was say it once. And then they just <laughs> rework it. But he, he got really into it. He said that he was like putting emotions behind it and – like he, he, the way he said it this way would change the way he actually meant it. But just, but in all honesty, they could have just auto tuned his group. They literally could have and saved themselves millions of dollars. First of all, the Marvel Studios—you just wasted a lot of money on Vin Diesel. I know. When you could have had anybody say, "I am Groot." I, I mean, <laughs> the, the Star Wars franchise in Rogue One, like, brought General Tarkin, or uh, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, back to life, and the guy's dead. Like, there's no way that they could have him, like, ad-lib anything. So they had to modulate his voice using previous words that were recorded by him. So again, Vin Diesel, like... I hope that Vin Diesel organized it so he got paid by the hour and then convinced somebody that he needed <laughs> to be there over multiple sessions to record I Am Groot and then just <laughs> say it in different different fashions. Not to mention what, we're going on volume three? <laughs> yeah, they did videos. They did videos of him saying I Am Groot in the studio. It was on YouTube. They posted it everywhere. They really went all out on this whole I Am Groot and no, honestly, they kept paying him. So he's been in, he's going to be in three movies, but, and been paid for three movies for saying three words. And he's probably one of the most beloved characters in that franchise, if you think about it. Like, people love Groot. And then the last one, he didn't even really say it because he was the kid version. And in that. He was just they just auto tuned. They just auto tuned his name. Well, in, in reality, like the people that should be getting a cut of Vin Diesel's money is Bradley Cooper because he goes, "I am Groot," and then Bradley Cooper basically asserts that he said something else. Like it has nothing to do with him. It really doesn't, and that's why you could easily make Will Ferrell Leatherface and just. Legitimately just have Will Ferrell come in and say a bunch of grunts like Leatherface does. Because Leatherface, all he does is swing around his chainsaw and go, the entire movie. That's all he does. Chainsaw sound, random scream, boom, you got Leatherface. At the end, you reveal it was Will Ferrell the entire time. And you could even bring Matthew McConaughey back. From when he was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And all he did was bust out of the door and go, get him, Leather! Ah! And that's what he did. That's what Matthew McConaughey did in that movie. That was it. No, listen, that's probably his second best performance after Amistad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm actually a, a, a fan of uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. So I mean, it's I, not bad. Failure not to bad launch. Much. We're just very good movies. Sahara. <laughs> <laughs> just name movies he's been in. We're not even going to say like, Confused. We're not even going to say like True Detective. Probably one of his better roles that he's ever played. No, no. Best role ever for Matthew McConaughey because it's him in real life is Days and Confused. I don't know. I really want to watch that new movie. What is it called? Uh... <sighs> oh, the one where he's like a... a... 
yeah. a surfer. Yeah, I was gonna say spring breakers, but that's that's what that's what James Franco. Uh, uh, what is it? Beach bum, right? Beach is bum, it, yeah, yeah. Beach bum. It has a uh, what's his With name? Zac there? Efron, like a young Guy Fieri. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like the mutton chops and everything. So, so we we could knock Will Ferrell, but what other comedic actor could easily be a, in the horror flick? I feel like Sasha Baron Cohen could be anything. Yeah. He could actually murder people already. Like, to be honest, the the problem, I don't like. You could cast him. I I honestly think that if you casted Sasha Baron Cohen, he would just he would just make something so visually disturbing. It would be worse than the Human Centipede. Like I just <laughs> yes, like, like a, it makes you feel uncomfortable, <laughs> and it's not a horror movie. Like like don't get me wrong, he's it's it's funny. I I don't know how he does it with a straight face because a lot of the stuff he does is like in public and impromptu. But his movie would probably be the most visually disturbing. It would it would have to be a take on Split. I could see him doing like a multiple Split personality cross dresser. Like that's that would be his mo. That would be how. Like it would just. Oh God! I'm I want to meet like the guy. Misery. I want to meet the guy that took his mom to go see Borat. In theaters, and then it gets to that scene where him and the fat guy are chasing oh together God. around the, the, the hotel. In the hotel room. And like, they are like the full 69. And I just like, don't know how Isla Fisher is married to him. <laughs> but it, it's so good. Maybe she's the real monster. And legitimately, I think you're right. He could easily like take his characters and turn them really dark. <laughs> Imagine a dark alley G. <laughs> Booyakasha. Booyakasha. That's how he's killing people. Booyakasha. <laughs> but then it like it, it borderlines that comedy. I just I want it now to be called that because like there's what like what was it the the Baba Yaga was a horror movie but it's just called. Booyakasha. <laughs> Booyakasha. <laughs> and they, you make that into a working franchise. Bujakasha th- 3. <laughs> the Bujakanin. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's his, like, prequel but, origin but story. But if you think about it, in the, in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, we had all these movies like Pumpkinhead, Splice, Scream, that legitimately were not scary movies. They were put in the scary movie genre. But ultimately, they're hilarious. Right. I want a realistic... I want... I want a realistic horror movie. I, I like... Because it, I feel like they insert comedy into the horror movies just to kind of dull it so that it's not too intensity building. But we, know, we already know the archetypes. We know... What is it called? The the virgin who lives, the minority figure that dies first. We like they're just it's a stereotype, and and we embellish them, and we like to laugh at them, and it helps kind of break the tension. But I I want a horror movie that never breaks the tension. It just continues to keep building 
And I, I, I have to say, I think Sasha Baron Cohen can give me, like, from the very beginning to the very end, it's just nonstop anxiety building. Because we, we got to definitely get away from this uh, Eli Roth, nothing but blood and gore type uh, movies. Because they're not good. They're, they're really not. Like, yeah, I can go and watch gore's Saul. Gore's not scary. I can, go, gore. I can go watch Saul. But ultimately, I know it's all fake. But... Yeah. You know, you get those occasional movies where they're like just legitimately scary. Like actually, this this past year, uh, the remake of Halloween, it was a legitimately good jump scare movie. Was it a scary movie throughout? No, no. but it was like that old school classic jump scare. You didn't know where the stuff was going to come from, and then boom, you're all jumping around, and you're like. Man, I feel good about this. It wasn't ridiculous, and I don't. I don't want my scary movies based on one hundred percent reality because reality is already pretty scary. But then you take somebody like Sasha Baron Cohen or like Will Ferrell and throw them into somewhere that they're not used to. You got some scary stuff. Like you think about it, insomnia. Yeah, that's not bad. You took somebody that is a legitimate comedy actor. R.I.P. Will Smith. Oh, not Will Smith. Will Smith. Will Smith's yeah. dead now. I'm in the future. No, uh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. You took him and you put him in a role where he was a legitimate murderer. And it was a scary movie throughout the entire movie. And there was a lot of suspense and a lot of good scares. But it was a comedic actor that changed his tone. I could see a Jim Carrey jump in that. Jumping over that hoop. Someone like Jim Carrey could easily be in a horror movie. But here, like, here's my thing, though. Like, what, like... I mean, yeah, there's a murderer, uh, sociopath, serial killer. But, like, what is real... Like, I wanted, I, I wanted to know, like, what would really be scary? What would be a realistic thing? Because I hate the whole thing where, at the very end of the movie, they're not dead. Like, that, that doesn't make me terrified. It doesn't make me leave... The theater and go, oh my god, I wonder if he's behind me or some shit like that. Like, I want, like, an actual, like, like, I want a movie about an IRS auditor. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, a vindictive IRS auditor <laughs> that goes out, <laughs> goes out just auditing people and just destroy, how, what, what is scarier than having your house foreclosed? <laughs> like, <laughs> like losing your entire livelihood. Did you can take Zach Galifianakis? <laughs> yes. The movie? The auditor. Just call it that. The auditor. And it's just like this ominous guy with a briefcase. Just a, a silhouette of him on the movie poster. And it would send, like, you know who'd be scared? Every rich Donald person, Trump. yeah, every rich person in America, you know, the people that don't want to show oh their taxes. God. That would, would that's what would make it so relevant. So you make the movie The Auditor. It's set off of a fictional politician <laughs> whose life is turned upside down. So you don't even know if it's a horror movie or like an anti-hero vigilante movie. Like the you could be rooting for the auditor at but this then, point. And then like in the, the, the catchphrase on the like the little poster and on the box art, it, it's basically uh, oh you don't want to show your taxes? 
In quotation marks, Siskel Ebert gives it. I like it. I mean, I would. I think people would watch it. It would be so poignant. It would be relevant. It could be comedic too, because it it would cut some tension. It's kind of going against what I was saying a little bit earlier. But I think that would attract people. This fictional, you you no longer political character. You no longer go to jail for not paying your taxes. You get murdered by Zach Galifianakis. Yes, yeah, I'm telling you. You don't pay your taxes, you're dead. It's like Dexter. It's like Dexter. <laughs> so it's an auditor who goes in, and he he's just. I mean, clearly he's a serial killer. So, but he targets tax evading. Motherfuckers, like that—that's his—that's his mo. That's how he picks his victims: is people that are shortchanging Uncle Sam. As is, you know, again, it could be a horror movie for those people that evade taxes on a regular basis. It could be an unsung hero for everybody else who does pay their taxes. <laughs> like, like you could actually get behind this serial killer. I, I, it would capitalize on the Dexter market. What if you took? Like other movies, though, like take a movie like Footloose, and then you just make the priest a murderer. You dance, you die. <laughs> it's like Footloose. It's not just illegal; it might kill you. It's like Footloose or like or, or Step Up, where it's an underground dancing competition, and but it's. Mortal Kombat. So if you lose, you die. <laughs> so like every step counts, literally. What was that movie that um, uh, Christopher Walken was in where they played ping pong? And there was like a... Oh, t- Balls of Fury? <laughs> balls, exactly. It's Balls of Fury would dance. Oh my gosh. Little Ren. Poor, I mean, he would live, but what's his name? What was... um? What's, uh, what's Sean's... Sean Penn's brother, what? Um, Chris Penn. Chris Penn. He'd die. He he would be a casualty. You know, there movie. was a bunch of movies called Best of the Best that had uh, Julia Roberts' brother, who I I think is better actor than Julia Roberts, named Eric Roberts. Uh, had Chris Penn in it, and it had isn't a bunch Eric of other... Roberts like always a bad guy? Uh, he was a good guy in this movie. Okay, it, uh, but it was about like the USA. Uh, taekwondo so they were really trying to like capitalize on taekwondo oh, movement. yeah yeah total but it was eric roberts and the only thing i can remember from this movie is eric roberts had this whole thing about his dislocating his shoulder and the scream he had after dislocating his shoulder was realistic was the most entertaining thing <laughs> i watched in that entire movie it was his shoulder got dislocated by one of the uh, the Chinese uh, Taekwondo guys, and he goes, <laughs> "That was his attire." I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that's realistic. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with that. That's how somebody would laugh, laugh, sound if they dislocated their shoulder. But like I. The funny thing about these movies, like, now that you think about it, especially in the culture that we live in now, cultural appropriation everywhere. Like, a a team of Americans in a Taekwondo competition. (laughs) And you know what the best guy was? He was a Chinese guy that was born in America. So not Korean? 
Because he's like, he's a Taekwondo <laughs> creator. From the, yeah, it was a Chinese guy that knew Taekwondo. Because <laughs> I looked it up, the guy wasn't even Korean. Oh he was, my God. He was Chinese. That's like, that's nothing says America more than type, like typecasting a role, but with the wrong nationality. And then like the one guy that was supposed to be like the, the number one uh, baddest dude on the planet... Had an eye patch. <laughs> like, why? They never explained the eye patch. I'm not gonna lie. They just gave him an eye patch. If you are the best person in the world with an eye patch, you are the best person in the world because your death perception is gone. So, <laughs> so you're actually the best in the world with a visual impairment. Like, yeah. If man. nobody else can beat you, like, I, imagine Tyron Woodley with an eye patch. I mean. <laughs> It would probably be more exciting than a Tyron Woodley match now. <laughs> like, I, don't, don't get me wrong. He, he's gifted. He's, I mean, he's, uh, he's talented and methodical, but it's boring. I mean, giving him an eye patch would probably make it more interesting. <laughs> All right, guys. The last thing that we do at the end of every episode is we, myself and then Xavier will create one movie off the top of our head that we would want to see made um, either live action uh, animated show that turned live action but made into a movie and the one movie that I think just is easy to make it would just be super easy because we've already made it in a like a PG scale would be Rick and Morty Rick and Morty become a live action movie so easy because we already had Back to the Future. <laughs> and that's what it is. You just take all the dark stuff from Rick and Morty and make a Back to the Future movie. And you have some spectacular live action cinema. <laughs> somebody would, somebody would, might actually like could like legitimately say that Rick and Morty is probably a more real life adaptation of Back to the Future. Like Back to the Future is the more whimsical approach. Like somebody that smart probably does have a substance abuse problem <laughs> and let's be honest if you're jumping through dimension to dimension you're probably not using a delorean <laughs> no, not, not at all not you know, at all. unless you're smuggling cocaine which rick would do um you're probably you're not probably using a delorean no ever worst car idea ever uh but now we'll switch it over to Xavier's choice. I, I wonder if, like, the real-life version now, like, if they did Back to the Future before, they would have to use a Tesla. I would, I'm would. i assuming that that's the car that they would use. They'd probably use the Model 3 because no one's actually seen it on the roads. Because... <laughs> <laughs> You mean those things that are being made in Texas that nobody has seen yet? <laughs> like, a lot of people ordered it. And don't get me wrong, I love Elon Musk and Tesla, and he's a pioneer. But, I mean, yeah, people bought into it. It still hasn't produced. I feel like the, the Model 3 would be uh, Rick's uh, choice for a, uh intergalactic time-traveling vehicle. Let's see, movie that I would like to see made in real life hmm oh man it's tough like there's so many things that are out right now i don't know if i would want it to be like an actual inspirational thing because that's really not the movies that i like to watch but 
I feel like it would be kind of poignant right now. I honestly... <laughs> I would love to see... Um, I would I would love to see a movie kind of like in the same veil as Fruitvale Station, but with this new guy. And the, I, like I and I want it want it to be called like Subway. <laughs> That's I want to see, but I want it to be kind of like a like a, a Watergate deep throat like conspiracy theory where you're kind of left like. I, I want the goal of this movie, even though we all know that he made it up, I want the goal of this movie for, you know, Eddie Bravo to watch it and be like, you know what? He was a victim. <laughs> like, like, to believe. Like, I want, I, want cons- I want the movie to be done in a way that it kind of leaves the margin of the doubt, even though we know. But it's, like, super dramatic. And then there's, like, press people always running around, like, we need to find the truth. We really need to find the truth. And this guy, they show the picture of him walking a subway, then get attacked by two guys that were not white, that uh, had a noose, that got paid $2,500 each. But ultimately, that wasn't the truth. That was Donald Trump's spin on this. And then, maybe, oh, so it could either be called Subway or just be called What If. <laughs> what if what if subway <laughs> that could also be the story of uh, what what was their uh, spokesperson guy's name oh my god the guy that framed, like he's like he's like at home jacking off the kids jared <laughs> i oh my could god jared be in the show in the movie? it's i'm telling you it's a conspiracy it's a conspiracy it's a crime conspiracy theory drama set around how subway is Legit, see, we're not even going realistic anymore. But like how Subway is like some evil organization destroying innocent people, like Jared and whatever this guy's. What is this guy's name? Small Smollett. 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 Right. It's like a mullet, but yeah. like Smollett. <laughs> just, just, just organizing and just destroying these people's careers. <laughs> like they're basically, they're basically the power behind everything. Subway, this fresh sandwich yeah, place. No. They, they are, they are the, they're the people that get Donald Trump voted in office. They're the people that get, uh, they're, they're controlling everything. <laughs> and Jesse Smollett, this guy that He's was trying on Empire, to, uh, yeah. was trying to unravel it all and got taken down. Yeah, he made, <laughs> he came up with an epiphany at Subway. Somebody called it in, and then it's like Jared in jail. Like trying to share his his plight as well. Oh my god, there's so many titles you can go like eat fresh or just fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Too fresh for TV. I can see the ad campaign fresh 2020. Like like that's when it comes out. <laughs> and it just has like a picture of like it has a half face of Jesse Smullett. And half face of Jared from Subway. Like it's like the worst poster ever. It'd be the worst poster ever. And it would say the face the the face of it the faces of innocence. <laughs> well guys, that is our first oh episode. Uh, expect many more. Uh, we'll we'll try to pump out at least once a one, once a one week. A week. Uh, uh, the goal is it for it to be better. Every <laughs> we'll every see. time. Uh, but we're getting there and we'll continue to process forward. 
Uh, so thank you for tuning in to FMM, and y'all have a great week. Yep.